News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Welcome back on board On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan. Mark Lawrence taking the day off today and tomorrow and Friday. With me is Steve Kushloff. Good morning, Steve. Good to see you, sir. Good morning, Joe. And equally wonderful to see you. Back for another day of torture, right, Steve? Uh, <laughs> not at all. It's a pleasure to interact with the Central Susquehanna Valley listening community. Well, we've got some topics today where I'm sure they will want to interact with you. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at www.sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. It's an open phones day, 1-800-795-9565, or email us at onthemarketwkok.com. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership since 1915. 4th Street in Sunbury, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They specialize in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. You can find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. Check out their online specials, and you can build a Ford, build a Ford car or truck to your specifications and click on a coupon for the Works Fuel Saver Package. The Sunbury Motor Company sells Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They are the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks, all sizes of trucks, and a master towing service with decades of experience. Well, we had an email that we didn't get to yesterday, and it, it's poking at Steve, and Steve wanted a chance to address it, so uh, we have a call pending, but we'll ask him to hang on for just a minute. The email says when Joe, meaning me, commented to Steve that Biden was weak, that completely he completely deflected and said, I won't take that bait to comment on that. Is Steve pleased about how Biden and his administration are dealing with the border crisis, inflation, high gas prices, pipelines, non-energy independence that we had previously, the Afghanistan debacle, begging dictatorships for more oil, etc., 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 and please don't deflect. Address these specific issues, please. Okay, well, Joe, obviously there's a whole bunch of stuff here, and uh, for me to do it in a... Are you pleased with any of those things? I, well, I'm, I've got my response here, Joe, because I uh, I try to be a responsible uh, radio commentator, so <laughs> I, as you recall yesterday, I had you forward that email to my home so I could spend my entire afternoon uh, <laughs> developing oh, you a, played golf. a response to... Well, you know, but I did find time. Um couple things here. For instance, um, he, he asks about inflation and high gas prices. Uh, you know, the, the easy response, and this is a, not a great response, the easy response is we, we do have two political parties in, um, in America, and of course the one political party, the Republicans, are bashing Biden over inflation, but I don't hear any remedies from them. But that's... Uh, that, that, oh, yes, that, you do. Stop the spending. Yeah, great. That stopped the spending. Okay, so anyway, uh, on the inflation thing, I will say that the Build Back Better plan that Biden had proposed 
suppose, but appears not to be going anywhere, that included provisions which would have assisted people in meeting some of their costs. Well, that was called Build Back Broke, not no, it was Build Back build Better, back because better. he'd have broke the country financially yeah, if he'd well, opposed it. You know, if you, if honestly, if you, if you would read anything other than the Fox uh, newsletter, you might uh, learn about some of this stuff. Oh, I but learned a great deal about it. One of the things was... Trillions uh, for everything. Yeah. Let's have tree equity. We need to spend a fortune on tree equity. Well, now, do you, I'll tell you what, if you want to respond to this email, you can go ahead. I don't, you know, be fine with me. I'm getting paid regardless. I know, so am I. Okay. So, anyway, uh, one of the things in Build Back Better, as you know, would have eased cost for child care for young parents, and that, I think, would have been a, uh, that would have been a big help as far as inflation. There were also uh, provisions in that for home ownership and for local business development. So there were provisions in Build Back Better, which uh, I think would have made a difference as How far as... How would spending huge amounts of money on things like child care, how would that have helped inflation? Well, for one thing, because uh, at the very least, when you've got two parents, but they can't both uh, get out there in the workforce because they have to be okay. bringing in money to get, uh, get babysitting for their kids, at least the parents would be free to go out and work, but bringing who, in money. But, oh, yeah, but the, everybody should pay for that. All the taxpayers should pay for that. You the know, money doesn't grow on trees. I right. mean, somebody has to pay the bill. Here, here's the thing, Joe. Whenever we talk about uh, all these programs that would help people, and not only is this an example, but also uh, relief or a help with uh, paying for college. There are so many people out there who say, look, if you want to go to college, you pay for it yourself. The government has no business helping you out pay for college. Well, let's try to see beyond the end of our nose. What happens if we have, A, a workforce that is trained in college? I, how old is your grandson? Is he about 9 or 13. 10? He's 13. Okay. Uh, at some point, he, you know, would you prefer that he, if, if he wants to, would you prefer, if he wants to, to have the ability to seek higher education or not? Well, let me put it to you this way. My parents couldn't afford to send me to college. I had, fortunately, a maiden aunt who left me some money, and then I worked. Well, that's true. I had some skin in the game. It meant something to me to be able to get what education I got, because I had to work for it. That, that, that's great. And even myself, I think my dad really met almost the whole cost. But back when I went to college, it was pretty inexpensive. And yet I had jobs. I had jobs on campus. I had jobs in local restaurants. Right. So sure, I had... Well, you were lucky. Game. I had to scrape rust off pipes for the city of Harrisburg. Well, I, you know, I, <laughs> once again, I don't know how. I don't know how we start on topic well, we've one. Well, got, we got a call here, but hold on to the rest of your response. I'm sure the other issue issues will come up. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark this morning. <laughs> oh, what a way to start today. Uh, yeah, the Texas, you know, we had a trooper killed, the Texas National Guardsman, drowned in, uh, I guess, the Rio Grande over, over the weekend trying to save, and he did. Those two got out, two drug mules coming across the border, and uh, the Saki was asked at the White House briefing yesterday, or the day before, whichever, I don't no, for sure. I, I paraphrasing this, she was, you know, her, uh, you know, she wished them the family prayers and all that stuff. And then the reporter asked if the Biden administration bears any responsibility for that guy dying. She said, "No, he was an employee of the Texas government." <laughs> 
that's you know, that, that really was touching. her response. That's Biden touching. has no responsibility of leaving the border wide open so that these drug mules can cross the river and come in, and the National Guard is down there for one reason, and that is to help prevent these drug mules from coming across the border. But he bears no responsibility because of his failed immigration and border policies. That was basically the response. Okay. Okay. I don't know how you, how how you can come up with that. You know, he's the man in charge, right? He's in charge. And as far as inflation, he is responsible because of his failed policies. And Build oh. Back Better would not do anything except make it worse for pumping trillions of dollars more into the economy. Money that isn't out there, by the way, they would have to print it. So that just makes the money that is in the system now even more worthless than what it is. Yeah, we haven't had to devalue the currency yet, but I'm afraid if we continue to spend with such profligacy that we will wind up having to deflate the uh, the value of the dollar. So we're giving, uh, as far as the, the the war over in Ukraine, I think we're we've given what 800 million uh, in millions, in, probably. Okay, right, in a couple of times. So are you then suggesting that we shouldn't be doing that? I'm not. Absolutely. Absolutely, we shouldn't be giving it. We should we should not be giving it to them. They should be purchasing it, and I don't think they are. We are just giving it from the goodness of our heart to the Ukrainians so they could fight off the Russians. I don't have a problem with them fighting off the Russians, but they should be buying that material, or at least contributing to it, not just wholesale getting it as a gift, which is what we're doing right now. Well, in World and War that's coming II, out of the taxpayer. Where's that money coming from? In World War II, we had Lend-Lease, which was a um, largely illusionary uh, thing because we didn't ask for the money back, but that's the way we proposed it. We also had the Marshall right, Plan. Right. Yeah, we did. That saved Europe from starvation. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't have the money. Now, as far as the Ukraine war, I guess what? They had supposedly that uh, town in across the border from Ukraine was attacked. The Russians blame the Ukrainians. Ukrainians say it's a false flag operation so they can have more excuse to, uh, you know, send more troops into Ukraine. That's what I heard on the news this morning. Now, in my opinion, Ukrainians have every right to go into Russia and bomb the crap out of them because they didn't start it. Russia did. Just like when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor, World War II, and we sent planes over there pretty shortly after that, was it to bomb Tokyo, if I remember right, Joe? We lost all those planes, but they did do it no, they we did didn't. just to make a statement. No, we did not lose all of them. Quite a few of them. Matter of fact, more of them survived the Doolittle Raid than were lost. Okay, they went into China, if I remember right, right? That's true. Some ditched in the sea, but some made it to China. If yeah, they hadn't so. been spotted, if they hadn't been spotted by a Japanese trawler further away than they had hoped, they wouldn't have had to have launched so soon, and probably all of them would have been saved. Right, and that, 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 I don't have no problem with that. You know, Ukrainians, if they, if they are going into Russia and, and wreaking havoc, good for them, because that's what needs to happen, because they weren't the instigator of this. The Russians were. At least that's what we're being told. I have no way of knowing one way or the other. But the Russians did invade. Well, the that's Russians awesome. are in their territory, and they weren't invited in, so I would say that's pretty clear evidence that Russia was the aggressor. That, that's, you know, that's the, absolutely the way it looks. So, you know... Time will tell what happens there, but you know inflation is going to continue going up if the government keeps spending the money like it's water. 
No, you know, and, until that stops, nothing's going to change. Fair enough. Thank you, Stan. Appreciate your comments as Have always. A good day. You too. 1 800 795 9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. It's an open phone day. We'll give Steve another opportunity to address the, in, oh, I won't say incompetence, that would be unfair, but let's just say the less than stellar performance of the Biden administration when we return. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan. With me is Steve Kushaloff. We had an emailer take Steve to task yesterday. And in all fairness, we have one taking me to task and some of our other callers, uh, and which we will read in fairness to Steve. And this is from Dick. Dick says, I have no idea why anybody that has a different viewpoint from host Joe McGranahan would offer to co-host this program, to subject themselves from callers like Lance, for one, to call Steve a know-it-all. In reality, the list is endless. Host Joe, Stan, Dan, Mike from 17815, Lance, Host Ben, your daily Bible prophet for Milton, and oh, so many callers. Believe their word on any given subject is always correct and truthful word. If you have a divergent opinion, especially from the conservative side, you are less than a real American. Breaking the bad news to many of you, prior to Barry Goldwater, Republicans were moderate in their political beliefs. No moderate viewpoints welcome among Republicans today. The bottom line for many like me, nonpartisan associates independent, far too many politicians. Both parties do not share the America I wish we would have, the one that isn't extreme on every issue. Dick, with all due respect, I don't think you listen to the program very much. I've had so many conservatives call me a rhino. And I believe I, I'm a moderate Republican. And I have always been a moderate Republican. I'm from the Ronald Reagan wing of the party. Ronald Reagan was a conservative, but he was not an iconoclast by any stretch of the word. You know, so um, you really ought to hear the nuances. And by the by the way, we have many left-wing callers who believe everything they say is correct and everything the right-wing says is wrong. Well, number one, whoever calls this show and whoever hosts this show, you're right. They're going to believe they're, they are correct. But as for whether or not you are a rhino or a conservative, whether or not I am a know-it-all, don't you realize, as a radio person, that what people hear on this show is... What they want to hear. Well, they, and they hear like the surface of our personalities. I mean, I, I don't think of myself even as a particularly progressive Democrat. You know, where was I challenged? I was challenged by a friend of mine. He's a, he was a former township supervisor in the Lewisburg-Milton area. And he tried to say, well, uh, yeah, 
Well, Steve, yeah, I know you're a Democrat, but you're kind of a conservative Democrat, sort of a this Democrat, sort of a that Democrat. I said, no, I'm not going to give you his name. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a Democrat. That's it. I'm a registered Democrat. You, you know, I wouldn't even, you know, I could characterize you any way I want, but the bottom line is you are a Republican, period. You know? Well, and I disagree that there's not room in the Republican Party for moderation. I mean, I think they pay a price, but let's face it, anybody who isn't far left is paying a price in the Democratic Party right now. Totally. Oh, sure. They're being primaried by Olivia Ocasio-Cortez, and they're being primaried on the right by some of those people. You know, there's hypocrisy in the Republican side. You look at the House Speaker, or the House Majority Leader, who is uh, denying that he suggested that Donald Trump should resign, and then the audio services that he said that Donald Trump should resign. You know, so there is hypocrisy on both sides. I like to point it out. I think that, and I'd like to believe I have been very fair in pointing out Republican hypocrisy and Democratic hypocrisy. To some degree. But the Democrats don't like to hear about hypocrisy associated with them. They love to hear it about the right. Well, see, there again, I mean, and here, and when we're doing a radio show like this, we have to make these big, bold statements in order to get the message across. When you say Democrats don't like to hear that there's hypocrisy on their side. You know, again, you, you're taking in all the Democrats. Well, see, I don't agree with that. Sure, there are, you know, don't in the Democratic Party, you got Ocasio-Cortez. You also got Joe Manchin. You've also got our own senator, Bob Casey, who the last I saw was a pro-life uh, Democrat. So uh, within, the, I mean, right there, I've given you three examples. Um and look at Liz Cheney. She's a Republican. Right. And the truth of the matter is, within both parties, you've got a wide variety of points of view. Uh, you know, the Democrats like to say, we are a big tent party. Uh, the truth of the matter is, to a large degree, the Republicans are also a, maybe not as big, but they're also a big tent party. Well, I always remember what Lyndon Johnson said, and he was a very crude man, so I can't repeat it exactly as he was said it. Was this about the tent? Yes, he said, it's better to have the camel inside the tent urinating out than outside the tent urinating in. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, there are varying points of view. He didn't use the word urinating, however. No, and I know there's a, there's a similar story about uh, Harry Truman which I'm not sure is actually a true story, but I won't even get but into But seriously, that. I mean, let's face it. This is an opinion program, and we allow all sorts of opinions. Right. If the majority of the people, and I think what folks don't realize, this is a conservative area. So conservative callers are by nature going to outweigh liberal callers sure. because otherwise everybody elected official around here would be a Democratic liberal, but they're not. Most of them are Republican and conservative. Right. There's no doubt that you know, so most of So if you are a liberal, yeah. You may have picked the wrong place to settle down. Uh, that that could be. Of course, on the other hand, though, with uh, cell phones and all, you could you could be calling in to our talk show from anywhere. Any, well, we have callers. Yeah. We have a caller from Texas. We have people calling from all over uh, around the country from yeah. time to time. But here here's the bottom line. It is not unfair to criticize Joe Biden. Joe Biden says that the buck stops here, and yet he seems to avoid the buck stopping anywhere near him. You know, I think he could score some big points if he came out and said, have we made missteps on the border? We have, and we're going to correct them. But he hasn't said that. He just doubles down on the failed policies already had down there. And it's costing us here in this country. We're saying on one hand that we've got to protect ourselves from the coronavirus. On the other hand, we're allowing people to stream across the southern border with 
whom we have absolutely no idea what their health issues are. Instead of this, instituting the stay in Mexico policy as aggressively as he his predecessor did, because he was ordered by the court, he's given it lip service, he hasn't really implemented it so in th- any kind of an aggressive I, fashion. Are you referring to what they call this Title 42? That's the next thing, yes. Right. Now, on the other hand, now this I got from my research, uh, Department of Homeland Security, they are developing a plan to manage uh, what we anticipate is coming, a influx of migrants. They're developing a plan to manage it. The plan would include uh, detention facilities, transportation capabilities, and even uh, expanding uh, the number of Border Patrol officers Let's face it, Steve, the people asking for, I've seen interviews with some of these people who've come across the border, and they haven't asked, they haven't described how they've been persecuted and tortured in their homeland. They've talked about economic opportunities, which is not a reason to seek asylum. No, but I think, uh, whether they're saying it or not, I think we know where they're coming from. This is one thing I do continuously go back to. When Biden was vice president, he worked very closely with what they call, I think, the, the Northern Triangle countries. It was basically El Salvador, uh, Guatemala, and I believe the Honduras. And America was providing a level of funding, not to the governments of those countries, but to organizations within those countries that were working to improve conditions so that people wouldn't feel the the need to to leave those countries. Well, where's Kamala Harris and all this? She's our border czar. She has she went there once and didn't go to the area where the problem is. Well, she went to someplace safe. No, she. I think she did go to the Northern Triangle countries. But see here again, and. But if, she hasn't gone. She went to the border once to look at, at if, a problem when she didn't go to the problem area. If there's a Democrat listening who wants to counter what I'm about to say, I, I wish you would call in. Um, I think the, the Democrats, as I have said, they they drop the ball in terms of public perception, in terms of messaging, in terms of optics. Uh, I I kind of agree with you. The day that Kamala Harris was given the title, not the, the title, but she became the quote-unquote border czar, the day after, she should have been on an airplane going down there. Uh, at least be, be seen going down there. Uh, and, you know, even uh, Barack Obama, which, you know, I thought I, I have great admiration for former President Obama, but uh, even in terms of politics, that whole thing about public perception. I think uh, Barack Obama uh, did not do a great job, uh, which was so another reason why even under his administration, good things would be accomplished, but then there was no getting out into the country, letting people know, promoting them, et cetera. Well, but the Republicans, I'll I'll poke at them. You know, the Republicans hated uh, Obamacare, but they offered nothing concrete in replacement of it except to try to repeal it. Right. And you cannot, then you say the Democrats are bad with messaging, so are the Republicans. You can't oppose something with nothing. If you've got to, if you don't like what I'm proposing, you've got to come up with something better. You can't just say what you propose sucks and then then stop. Well, that's why I said to you on this matter of inflation. I mean, you said, yeah, the Demo- the Republicans have a great response. Stop the spending. And that's true. Okay, but you know what 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 spending are we seeing now? The, your buddy Stan uh, called in and he said he said that we shouldn't even be um, you know giving these arms to to the Ukraine, they should be buying.
buying them, uh, which, you know, that... In a perfect world, I would agree with him. Well... But on the other hand, the Ukrainians are not responsible for the Russians invading them. The, Despite Putin's assertion that he's trying to defeat Nazism, there's yeah. no demonstration that Zelensky or anyone else there is a Nazi. Well, and as you know, Zelensky is Jewish, so, right. yeah, it's doubtful. It'd be a little unusual for him right. to be a Nazi. Part of the problem, as I said when we were talking about uh, providing help for child care, providing help for college loans, it seems like people cannot see beyond the end of their nose. They can't see beyond two days down the road. Uh, but, you know, Steve, you're, you're missing a fundamental fact here. Let's take the college loans, for example. That's a big thing in Democrats. Let's forgive all these loans. I make an agreement to buy something from you. I, uh, we set the price. I sign a contract saying I'm going to pay it back. And then I say, I don't really want to pay it back. I'd rather you just forgive the loan. That's not the way the world works. You make so a commitment, you honor your commitments. You are comparing a loan to buy a car compared to a loan to attend and graduate from college. Now, I'm not... No difference. I'm not, see, that's the thing. There's a major difference. Not really. You take a an individual... The concept is the same. I made a commitment. I don't want to honor that commitment. I no. want somebody else to honor it for me. When you buy a new car and you get a loan to buy that new car, that's good for you. It doesn't do a thing for me or for my community. Well, your degree in Asian art history doesn't do anything well, good for society either. See, that's interesting. We sit here with two college. You graduated from college, I'm sure. You, I expect. <laughs> did, did, did you? Well, no. I'm stupid. I've been called stupid in this program. Well, I couldn't I possibly have an education. What's your point? My point is, neither one of us uh, majored in Asian studies, for heaven's sake. Asian art history. Oh, excuse me. Now, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw this in real quick. My let, uh, let me let me give you a counter argument. If you want the government to pay for your education, then I think you should be only trained in something where there is a demonstrable need for what you would be able to provide. Well, there society are. doesn't need Asian art. History majors beyond a couple, but there are other there are other things people can do to repay the government. Okay, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'd like you to join in on this conversation. Tell Steve he's wrong, or tell me I'm wrong. Give us a call one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. Got a couple of emails. We'll be back after the news on WKOK Sunbury. Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here's your host for On the Mark, Joe McGranahan. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan with Steve Kushaloff. We invite your calls at 1-800-795-9565. Your email is at onthemark at wkok.com. Having a vibrant discussion this morning about whether or not I'm, uh, what is it? I have no, why anybody with a different viewpoint from mine would co-host this program because I'm so obnoxious and offensive and stupid. I've been called I've, stupid. I've never said that. I, don't <laughs> even, I didn't say you did, Steve. You and I have been friends for a long time. Sure. I don't even <laughs> We disagree politically, but we have spirited debates, and it's never personal. Correct. You son of a gun, you. There we go. <laughs> you know, I, I... Only kidding. On the Mark is brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company, a family-owned dealership 
Township since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury and Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Find out more about them at www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street. They specialize there in all types of service on vehicles, state inspection, nitrogen for tires, and they're open Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. till 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. till 2 p.m. Find them on the web at www.sunburymotors.com. They sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia cars. They're the premier service provider for all makes of cars and trucks and all sizes of trucks and a master towing service with decades of experience. If Mark were here, he'd be able to tell you about one of the wonderful vehicles they let him drive over at Sunbury Motor Company. He always enjoys talking about them and the fun he has. They wisely don't let me in inside any of their vehicles because Mark has them convinced that I will go from zero to 600 miles per hour as fast as the car will let me take it there. But if you want to test drive something really great, you head over to Sunbury Motors Company or Sunday uh, Sunbury Motors Kia and take a test drive of one of their great cars and you will be a happy person with the deal they offer you. Taking a look at the news this morning, long-term lane restrictions have begun on Route 15 in Union County as the Susquehanna Valley Thruway project work continues, but a left turn lane from the highway to County Line Road is returning. PennDOT says work includes construction of a mountable curb and left turn lane from Route 15 southbound to County Line Road. The long-term lane restrictions began this week on Route 15 northbound and southbound between Granger's Road and Route 304 in Union Township, Union County. The lane is expected or the lane is expected to be lifted by the end of May, weather permitting. Two people have been charged after two small children were found roaming streets in their neighborhood without supervision. State police say the children ages two and four were found wandering in their neighborhood in Beaver Springs, Snyder County for at least an hour with no adult supervision. 35-year-old Sarah Bowersox of Beaver Springs and 41-year-old Carl Fornwald of Middleburg were charged with endangering the welfare of children. The children were not hurt during the incident on April 12th. WHTM-TV is reporting the Criminal Investigation Division of the Dauphin County District Attorney's Office continues to search for a 13-year-old girl. Roxanne Rodriguez is described as 5 feet 3 inches with brown hair and brown eyes. She is 17 weeks pregnant. Police believe she may be at special risk of harm or injury. According to the missing persons report, Rodriguez ran her way from the Schaffner Youth Center and got a ride from an unknown person operating a black 2018 or newer Chevrolet Traverse with an unknown Pennsylvania registration plate. She was last seen in the area of the 500 block of Mall Road in Spadour Township, Dauphin County on April 26th at 3.13 p.m. Anyone with information on her whereabouts is asked to contact the police immediately or by contacting the DA's office at 717-588-6900. That's our look at the news headlines this morning. Uh, one of our emailers says, Joe, you and Ben Reichley make Madison Cawthorn look reasonable. That's signed by our friend Tom. Okay. Thank you, and Tom. And then uh, one of our other listeners says, we judge others by their actions or at time their inactions. So there you go. Yeah, not sure what he's referring to there. But I'm, well, I'm not sure where we were at, Joe. We were talking mostly about um, public perception of uh, radio talk show hosts. Well, we could talk about that. 
I, uh, I'm not, not certain how many people are going to be fascinated by it. I, but, you know, we've talked in this program before about the fact that it's an opinion program, and we welcome all opinions. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you have an opinion doesn't mean that we're going to give you an open format to just expound on it without being questioned or asked. Now, people call in and question me or what I think or what I say. They question Mark. That's the nature of the program. If you say something that's really provocative, we're going to talk to you about it. That's the nature of the program. And we have two calls, one call on the line and one coming in. So join us, 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Dan, you're on the mark this morning. Dan, you're on the mark. Hey, good morning. Why, this is sort of aimed at Steve. You know, I said from the beginning is that by the administration... All he had to do was keep in the Trump programs. And I think people like me would have had a lot less to complain about how things are going now. He kept, if he'd have kept building a wall, kept Trump's border policies intact, if Trump would have been fossil fuel friendly, I mean with Biden would have been, as Trump was, we wouldn't have this high inflation and Biden should have been more friendly to the police of the cities instead of going along with the programs that weren't police friendly. Them are just a couple things Biden could have done and I think his programs would have been successful. We wouldn't be sitting here in inflation and complaining. What do you think, Steve? Well, I think, um, you know, things like uh, building the wall, for instance, whether whether that was a good idea or not, I'm not really sure how that would have contributed to uh, anti-inflation. As far as the police, uh, I think Joe Biden has made it pretty clear he uh, is an ally of of police departments he has i believe has come out pretty forcefully and said uh, defunding the police makes no sense um as far as the border you know they're about to uh, lift this um one rule, I think it was the stay in Mexico rule, and they are going to lift that. Uh, I think the courts have um, the, the the courts have kind of pushed the Biden administration to do that. And to be honest, so has the uh, left wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, I, one thing Joe and I were talking about when we were off the air is that uh, both both parties. Uh, are kind of uh, what you might call big tent uh, parties where you have uh, differing points of view. And it is, it, it's, a, it's an issue. It, it's a real challenge in the Democratic Party. Um, Biden, it's probably true Biden would not have been elected president without the uh, more progressive side of his party. Um, and so he does, uh, not to pay them back, but to to some degree to try to keep his own party unified, he's got to try to pay uh, something more than just lip service. But um, I always remember what um, um, Will Rogers said. He said, "I don't belong to any organized political party. I'm a Democrat." Yeah, yeah, that's about that's about true. Democrats have 
never had a big problem fighting with each other and disagreeing with each other. Uh, up until recently, Republicans tended to go along, I don't want to say in lockstep, but t Republicans basically uh, went along with each other. In, in terms of presidential politics, and correct me if you think I'm wrong, but generally the Republican presidential candidate would always be who's ever turn it was within the party to run for president. And that worked out just fine. Uh, the Democrats, they would always just slug it out as far as who was going to be their nominee. Now, in recent years, the Republicans have started to do the same, and uh, 2024 could be uh, You obviously don't remember year. the year Barry Goldwater wound up with a Republican nomination. Well, you know, yeah, there was a lot of uh, content. There was a lot of people vying for the nomination. You had, well, the two biggies. You had Goldwater water and you had Rockefeller right you know but uh, that that maybe that just ten, maybe that's just a cliche that I am getting wrong well does that answer your question Dan no well Steve didn't answer about fossil fuel friendly that was the main thing that caused inflation all this high price of oil and Biden still proving he's not fossil fuel friendly See that I I really I disagree with that. Biden is the guy who is releasing uh, millions or more barrels of fossil fuel from our strategic petroleum reserves as a political move to try and lower the cost of gasoline to well, avoid getting shellacked in the midterms. No, you know it, it's really interesting. He's doing it because that's at this point it's the right thing to do to try to bring down gas prices. He's bring we'll, it down maybe fifteen cents if you're lucky. Hey, fifteen cents. You know if we could, if we could possibly. So weigh that, weigh that against the benefit of having a strategic reserve that's fully fully uh, supplied. That's, you know, it, it's either six of one half dozen or another. You can either, you know, you want well, to Don't you, don't you forget when Trump did too. that, the Democrats were saying it was a disaster. Well, we're we're hey, sacrificing hey, the safety of our country. Yeah, and here we have a Republican on the telephone who doesn't even know that Biden is doing this. So Yes, he does. He, Dan didn't indicate that he knew anything about releasing all these millions of barrels. Dan reads it. Oh, Here's yeah, the news. He I knew, knew it. that. Okay, yeah. that's great. Yeah, I knew it, but that oh, he the, shouldn't have to do that if he would have been fossil fuel friendly from the beginning. Dan, we, or the investors would have invested in more drilling, more pumping the oil out. Well, we'll have, we'll have to continue that, Dan. Like we, that. We've got we're at six minutes, and we've got another caller pending. Yep. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate your call as always. Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for hanging in there. Good morning, gentlemen. You know, with regards to this student loan issue, I really object to forgiving these student loans any more than the processes we already have in place to do it. And we have several ways in which people can earn forgiveness of their student loans. But the Brookings Institute just released a report, and they found that 60% of the student loan debt, so well over a trillion dollars, is held by people who have graduate degrees and or higher education, and it can well afford to pay off their debt. These are doctors, lawyers, dentists, engineers. Why would we forgive them their debt? That makes no sense to me. They're the top wage earners in the country, and they, have, <coughs> they ran up this debt by not only using it to pay for their tuition and books and that kind of a thing, but living on that money. 
that's not an uncommon practice to use that as your income. So yeah, you end up with $200,000 worth of debt, which you chose to do. You're some of the smartest people in the room, if I'm to believe this. You're going to have higher income than the vast majority of Americans, top 40% income tier, and you're asking us, then, the rest of us, to bear the burden for your training. I think that's ridiculous. I think you should pay your debt. Couldn't agree with you more. Can I ask a you question? Know, but we do have processes. If you want to get released from your student debt, you can. For example, there are many programs like this for nurses, for teachers, for all kinds of uh, for medical folk. You can go into the training and agree that you'll serve for so many years right. afterwards in low-income or areas of high need for your services. You do that for five years or so, and you start having massive portions of your loan forgiven. Well, I have a friend. You, I have a friend who's a doctor, and he got that way by uh, the military. Going to the military, they exactly. paid his. Uh, they exactly. paid for his medical career, and then he had to give them a couple years back in service. Sure. That's another example of how you can do that. Or if you pay. 10 years on your loan, the rest is forgiven. That was put into place under President Obama. So you make the payments on time for 10 years, and they forgive you the rest. So I, I just really object to the idea that we would give these top income folk a, you know, a, uh, a forgiveness of their loans and then put that burden, because the burden doesn't go away. Some We still have to pay the cost. It's just now we're shifting it on wage earners that are making minimum wage, that are making you know $60,000 a year, on, on people who, and this is the worst part, on people who did honor their debt, who did pay it back, despite the fact that they couldn't get their nails done every week, or drink coffee from a barista someplace, or go on vacation every year. Those people made the sacrifices in their lifestyle to allow them to pay off their debt instead of enjoying all those uh, foibles of life. And now you're asking them to pick up the tab for the people who chose to live a finer life and now are going to live a much better life, theoretically. Now they don't want to pay their debt. Well, isn't it that's always, just so unfair. Isn't it always easier to expect someone else to pick up your tab rather than you honoring your obligations? I had enormous pride when I paid off my student debt. And both both of my kids accrued student debt when they went to college, and they took enormous pride in paying off their student debt. I, I don't understand why we're going to think that take an approach that says it's okay to walk away from obligations that you created. And if the system is created, is has been made that brings people into careers that will not ever enable them to pay their debt or that are not useful in society and they can't find a job, that's what needs to be addressed. I agree with you, Joe. We shouldn't give every Tom, Dick, and Harry a, a uh, college loan to go take anything they ever wanted, like con Comic Books 101 or, you know, whatever. If you, it should be purposeful to serve the people of America and the community at large, especially if you expect them to pick up the debt in the end for you. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, Cindy. Appreciate your call as always. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. It's available right now. Give us a call. Email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. We'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more of On the Mark. 
Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranahan along with Steve Kushaloff. We invite your calls. We've got three lines busy. One uh, is available. Give us a call at 1-800-795-9565. Doug, one of our listeners says, no, Joe, saying Biden is incompetent is not unfair at all. The man who thinks he's president is a bumbling, incompetent fool, and those supposed 80 million who voted for him knew this but couldn't see past their utter hatred for Trump because he was a mean orange man. I said before the election that the left would vote for uh, roadkill over Trump, and that's basically what we got. And they'll keep defending him and his puppet masters even as they run the country into the ground. Tough opinion there. Nancy from Sealands Grove, you're on the mark. Good morning. Uh, this is just just an add-on to the student loan payments. My daughter did the student loan repayment through her service to the Peace Corps. And it not only made her a much better person, but it gave her the sense of how much her country meant to her. She's now with the State Department um, and very happy. That's a great story. That and is a great story. You know, it, and when we're talking about this uh, college loan uh, assistance, relief, et cetera, as, you know, as we've tried to say, there are so many ways, whether it's uh, community service, the Peace Corps. I think Joe um, gave an example about the fellow who uh, served in uh, the military. I still make the contention that it is to the benefit of the uh, community, and whether that community is a little town, uh, a county, a state, etc., it's to the benefit of the community if those who have the ability to pursue higher education and want to pursue higher education, it's to the benefit of the community if they have that opportunity. Now, the way we provide that opportunity, uh, that is, that's not real simple. Um, if they can't afford it, we can uh, make programs, develop means to help them do it. Um, but, you know, Joe's trying to compare uh, a college loan to a loan for a car. Uh, that just holds absolutely no water. No, you, you, choose to, you choose to make light of that. But what Joe is arguing is that a commitment you make to repay a debt is a commitment you make to repay a yes. debt. Whether the debt is buying yourself a new dress for the prom or whether it's getting a college education or buying buying a car. You signed an agreement. You said you'd pay. We gave you the money. Honor your commitment. Right. And what I'm saying is, number one, there are very, we can develop varying ways that you can meet that commitment without it necessarily coming right out of your pocketbook. You know, Joe, you even, if I may, if I can uh, shed some light, you mentioned a, a maiden aunt, I think, who left you. A little money. Oh, not a lot. I'm okay. A little money. Not everybody has that maiden aunt. You know, but I, she didn't give it all to me. I wound up paying for a, a, the overwhelming majority that, of what education I got. But still, there was some there. Uh, one of our family is uh, has had a... Should I have uh, rejected that because it was privileged? Well, I'm sorry, Nancy, you know we're what? taking your time. Go ahead. We'll, we'll give you the last word. Um, I'm just, just letting you know that there are ways out there and the enrichment that people get from these ways, like I said, with the Peace Corps, was way beyond anything they could have ever imagined. Right. No doubt about it. And and I certainly support that as a method. You know, if you give service back to the country, we should give you something in return. No argument. Nancy, thank you so much for calling. Call again. Appreciate your call. Have a great day. You too. Take care. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free hotline number. Uh, one of our emailers says, and we have two other calls on this topic, uh, the government for giving student loan debt 
that is a slap in the face to every taxpayer in the USA. The responsible graduates that paid their loans off, the taxpayers that never went to college, are all going to take it on the shorts if this travesty comes to fruition. The person that signed on the bottom line for that loan is 100% responsible for that debt. If their degree doesn't provide the opportunity to afford that debt, that is the debtor's problem. They made bad choices with their education. There are ways to get a good education without incurring large debt. Military service is one of those ways. And that's signed by Stan. Not the Stan who called earlier, a different Stan. Lance, you're on the mark. Good morning. Okay, guys. Why? Anyway, I think you put it this way, too. So the intelligent college graduate that couldn't afford his degree wants the guy that couldn't afford college to pay for his college debt. Huh? Well, Lance, we're not, you know, again, let's not go to the extremes. I'm not pro a proponent of saying somebody else should pay. What I'm talking about is, if necessary, some type of assistance, some type of relief. Uh, what Joe has discussed is where you can provide community service, possibly even serving in the military. Uh, the previous If there is a need for it, not just a program that says, if well, you do busy work, we're going to give you a and, forgiveness. And I, and I pretty much disagree with that all. Also, you know, let me use <laughs> surprise, let me, surprise. Let me use one example. My father uh, went to, as a, as it turned out, the college that my dad went to uh, was was actually a, was actually free in, in New York City. He majored in philosophy. Joe, what are you going to do with a philosophy degree? Philosophize. Uh, you know, <laughs> my father had a newspaper career in the city in, in Washington, D.C., and in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and he had a terrific, uh, uh, he had a terrific career in, in the newspaper business. So th this idea that just because you don't major in something that translates immediately into some kind of a u u useful uh, service or employment, I, I just totally disagree with. But no one told him to get a degree in philosophy. He chose that degree, and he chose what comes with it. I'm sure your father was intelligent enough to realize that even back then, the number of philosophers we need is probably not extremely high. You know, he didn't, I don't think he majored in philosophy to become a philosopher. It's just what he happened to major in. Now, I majored in uh, communications, but the school that, and as it turned out, I had a career in communications, but the school that I went to had a terrible uh, communication communications uh, program because it was just getting off the ground. So I don't know that I got a lot of benefit out of the classroom. What I did get a great deal of benefit from was the campus radio station. And I learned uh, skills and techniques that I was able to bring to places like WKOK and, uh, right. you know, provided uh, some kind of community service. So this idea that just because what you major in doesn't have this direct uh, link to some kind of a job uh, I totally disagree with. Okay, it was Lance, go ahead. Why? Uh, this does bring us back to the root cause of all this, which was government trying to help. Before the government help, college was affordable. You can go back and take a look. Uh, here that I was born, why uh, Harvard uh, tuition was uh, $600 and the average wage was $4,000. That was pretty good. Until I graduated from high school, we thought, look at it. And I'm using Bucknell as an example here. 
tuition was 2200 and uh, median income was 7500 So we could cover one year's median income, four years of college, you know, pretty easy. Well, then we were off to the races with all the government help. So now, Bucknell tuition with median income at 67000 is now 58000 a year. This ran through. You can go to housing and see the same thing. All the way up through median income of two years would build you a house. Now it's almost four years, all because of the government pouring more money in. It just poured gasoline on an already roaring fire. Well, remember what Ronald Reagan said, the scariest words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. <laughs> Thanks, Lance. Right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate your call. We've got to take a quick break. Chris, hang on. We have a, we had another call pending. Uh, your line is wide open, 1-800-795-9565. Give us a call or email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Welcome back to On the Mark. Joe McGranahan here with Steve Kushloff, and Chris has been very patiently waiting, sir. Good morning. You're on the mark. Good morning. Well, I'd like to say, first of all, that Judy, 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 who called in about me the other day. Maybe it was yesterday, I forget. But anyway, she she seemed to be upset that I didn't answer questions, but without telling me one question that I didn't answer. I think she's also accused me of other things that she's given no specifics on. So I'll just say, tell me, give me an example. Tell me what you think. Tell me what what questions I'm not answering. What statistics I get wrong. That's all. That's and all. Now, uh, one big difference about student loans is you can't declare bankruptcy to get rid of them. So that makes it kind of different than other loans. Well, that's because we can't take we can't repossess your education. We can repossess your house, your car, your furniture. We can't repossess your education. Well, I guess you could repossess the house to pay off the student loans if you had a house, right? Right. And then you'd be broke and homeless, and that would be a good thing for America. Well, why would the, me bailing you out be a good thing for America? Why should I pay your debt? Well, uh, I'm, I'm suspicious of some of these colleges that set up these... Uh, them. A lot of them were scams. They were scam colleges with a worthless education. And I don't know if the, when that, there have been legal cases where they've been sued and closed down, but I'm not sure the student loan was forgiven. I think if they actually go through and have a legal case, I think maybe they were, but I'm not really sure about that. But the other thing is, you basically, if you, uh, if you don't, if you your education failed or you got sick or whatever and couldn't pay these things back and the interest keeps accumulating, it pretty makes you an indentured servant the rest of your life to paying them off. Well, you make a good so point. You make a good point there. Okay, Chris, you make a good point I, I there. Agree with uh, can I can I respond 60%? to you for a minute? I don't know whether you can't hear me, but I agree with you on that. I think if someone, if, through circumstances out of their control, can't repay the debt, I agree with you. There should be some mechanism to help them. 
I would agree with that. And that that's not their life choice. But if they just decide they don't want to pay the debt back, they still have a, they're gainfully employed, it's just more inconvenient for them to pay the debt back, that's where I say tough. Well, pay sure. it back. Yeah, if you arbitrarily make that decision, I'm not paying this back, that's, uh, that's baloney. A lot of people make that decision. Well, a lot of people make a lot of decisions. I know my daughter said to me one time, she was going to college, she said, what if it takes me longer than four years to graduate? I said, well, that's fine. I'm paying for four years. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. Okay, then, uh, to change topics, I'd like... Well, well, I I agree with what Sydney said today, and Sydney is an intelligent woman, and so when she makes mistakes of uh, fact and error, I tend to be very critical of her because she should know better. I think today she was she was pretty much on the money that at least sixty percent of the loans are held by people capable of paying them back, and there's no reason to forgive them. Fair enough. I'll go along with that. Okay. But uh, about the hypocrisy in the, the, the hypocrisy shown by Republican leaders from those January 6th and 17th tapes about the Republicans knew what was going on, <clears throat> and they, they believed that Trump was in the wrong and should even resign, and it was a terrible thing. When it was happening, except for a few of the fringe ones like Gates and, well, there's quite a few fringes on the Republicans. I'd say probably about 50 to 100 of them uh, probably were sympathetic to, to it in the House. But the rest pretty much knew what was going on. And I think they also know that the, most of the, the accusations of a fraudulent election were also all BS. Okay. But they, they don't admit that in public. They don't admit that in public. They say it in private to themselves. And how many times? And then th they kowtow <laughs> to Trump after, after a week or two. Okay, we got to move, Chris. Thank you so much. Appreciate your call. But in all fairness, I don't hear the Democrats coming out and saying, "Gee, we messed up too. We should. We knew this was wrong, but we did it anyway." I mean, that's you in know, refer in reference to what? In reference to anything. They <laughs> the, the, they never made a mistake. Forgive me, I forgot. They never made a mistake. Right. Okay, Tom, you're on the mark this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, a couple very quick comments before about the debt. Uh, Dan was right, uh, and he knows about the oil reserve, uh, Biden's taking from that. But that's like taking from your savings account. It's a temporary fix, and they just they just need to get back to uh, more oil supplies from the United States as they're doing their, their green uh, revolution. Uh, as far as debt... Uh, if they're going to uh, forgive college, hey, uh, one of the biggest debts a person takes on in their life are house debt. Forgive our house debt so we can go and, and live better lives and use that $1,200 a month or whatever uh, to, to pay for things. Because lots of people get in over their head with house debt. And, you know, you pay it or you lose your house. But the real reason I'm calling uh, with the college debt is I, I just think that's the most foolish thing in the world to do. And if you talk to an expert, which your program, your WKOK has an expert on, on finances, Dave Ramsey, on a couple hours every day, if you've ever listened to him, uh, his big thing is pay off your debt. 
And when people come in with the stories on how they're in debt and whatever, uh, he he's really point blank. He says, well, you should have racked up $150,000 when you're coming out to be a historian. You know, if you, and people that call in and doctors and so forth call in with debts, he says, you've got enough money, pay it off. But the point he makes, and I think is very important, is he says the first thing you must do is pay off your debts. Start small, work your way up, pay a little on everything. And he says you can do it. You might have to eat beans and rice for a while to do that, and you might have to deliver pizzas to help supplement your income. And he said, I've done it. I've been bankrupt. I've gone through that. But the only way to do this is to pay off your debt. And when you have an expert on WKOK that's professing, you know, nobody should pay off your own debt but yourself, I think that's very important. Um, but that's, that was my point I wanted to make. It, it's just... It's just that when people run into hard times, and I don't know people that haven't really run into hard times, they need to take responsibility. And if you're going to college, and if you're going to uh, get a debt built up for something that you haven't prepared for or looked ahead and taken the long view, um, you've got a pair of shoulders. You're going to have to figure a way out of this, and there are ways to do it, and there's help to do it other than somebody the government, the taxpayers, writing you a check. Fair enough, Tom. Couldn't agree with you more. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your call. We're that, okay, that maiden aunt. Yeah, take care. All right, 1-800-795-9565. The maiden aunt contributed less than one year of my education. You seem to be fixated on that. Well, <laughs> Joe, you're fixated on a few things. Had I had I known it was going to come to this, I would have repudiated her <laughs> gift and said not taken it. Joe from Sunbury, you're on the mark. Oh, okay. Good morning. Well, first I'd like to, <clears throat> I don't know if you mentioned it, but Stan called earlier about the young man who died <clears throat> at the Texas border. His name was Bishop Evans. He was 22 years old. I didn't know if you had mentioned his name. No, or he not, didn't. But, uh, okay. So this, uh, well, excuse me there a second. Uh, on uh, this public service loan forgiveness, it's the PSLF, which I'm learning more about, and I don't know that much about it. Or I, I do realize I think I'll be on the paying end of it rather than uh, the receiving end of it. But I looked it up, and there's like uh, it says qualified to to qualify for it. Uh, it says you, you you must be. It has like five bullet points. You must be employed by federal, state, local, or tribal government or a non-profit organization, work full-time, have direct loans or consolidate federal loans, and that has an asterisk which will expire next year sometime. Repay your loans under income, or that's the plan that will expire. Make 120 qualifying uh, payments, which I don't know why it says here that it's just for federal, state, or local, you know, or non-profits. Is that all that that doesn't make sense from what the whole conversations have been about. Well, uh, it, it seems to be out there for anybody who applies for it, but here it specifically says be employed by a U.S. federal state and so on. The, o- the, only, the only federal thing service I can... includes. So yeah. there, if that is the fact, it doesn't. I mean, there. These are bullet points. I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but I know we've been talking about doctors and such, uh, but that doesn't. 
yeah, but, sense to this uh, article here, which says this is from the federal government. This is a website of the federal government, it right. says. So I'm just saying there's a lot more to it, and I, I'm sure I'll learn. But I, I don't think the Republicans will ever give up on fighting to let this go through, and the Democrats won't either, because the Republicans are going to hear from people like me or who are going to be the payers, which say now they support the working people and the Democrats support the elites who want these loans repaid. For one thing, if you're paying 120 consecutive, that means you can pay. You've got set. You've gotten your job, and you can continue. And they're the, they're the people that they want to forgive the payment for. Like Joe said earlier, they don't want to seek out the person who may be ill and got cancer or something like that and who can't pay. They don't want that type. They just want to throw a blanket over. And if it does uh, benefit the uh, federal go or government agents or government employees, you're just paying back your own people. So, Fair uh, enough. But secondly... Uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, maybe I'll learn more, uh, and you can it, it'll be discussed on this show. But uh, uh, Chris just called up about Judy to my main subject uh, quickly, and that she, he said, well, "Give me a specific what uh, you don't what he didn't answer." <laughs> and during the conversation, Joe asked him, "What didn't I, he said? What didn't I answer?" And then Joe says, "Why should I pay for someone else's debt?" And then Chris went on to go somewhere about a scam by colleges that set up, uh, and I didn't quite follow that, okay. Uh, and, and then he went on and agreed with you about if someone gets sick, which I think almost anybody would uh, do that, but the government has no intention of seeking out people who need it. They, they just want to pay back the people. So there he, he actually didn't answer the question, a simple question that Joe asked, why should I pay back someone else's debt? And he went off somewhere else. And then you went on to talk about Cindy soon after that. So oh. there, Chris, uh, there's a specific in the very phone call that you made. Okay. Thank and, you, Joe. Uh, we appreciate your call. Right. I know Take you're getting you. close to a break. Yeah, we are. We're right up against it. Thanks a lot, Joe. Appreciate your call. 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com. The hotlines are open. We invite your call. We'll take that quick break. Welcome back to On the Mark. I'm Joe McGranham with Steve Kushaloff. 1-800-795-9565 is our toll-free line. We have one call coming in, one on the hook, and we'll get to those in just a moment. One of our emailers, Carol, says, One must put skin in the game. Plenty of programs are available to help the students. Work study, yeah, I'm old, and the military helped me. What about us that paid our student loans? Can we get reimbursement? Have a good day. You know, let's let's say I want reparations for my student debt. Well, we're not getting reparations, <laughs> Joe. But I thought uh, her this was a very interesting letter because she really kind of represents both points of view. She makes the point, yeah, there are programs that are available. On the other hand, not a bad thing to pay your own student loan. Well, we have two callers who each have called before and want one extra minute. So we're going to impose that one-minute limit on Chris. Good morning, Chris. You're back on. Yes, well, just to answer the question, I did it that my answer had uh, to Joe's question included three different things that were relevant to paying back. You have somebody basically indentured servitude. He might be a victim of a scam or be sick. And 
having him be in debt the rest of his life doesn't seem like a good way to go, and the bankruptcy thing. One other quick thing, if I have 10 extra seconds, is the oil the, the oil that Joe's taking out of the, the thing, that's for emergencies. And this is an emergency, and it was done before during wars specifically. And the war is what is raising the price. And that is causing an emergency, so it is a proper use of the oil. And you remember when Trump talked about doing it, it was a real problem. It was it was weakening the country. Lance, uh, you got another minute. Good morning. Okay. Why, anyway, the offshoot of all this uh, government help with education and also with uh, housing was the uh, dissolution of the American fa- nuclear family. Parents want two things for their kids, a decent place to live and a good education. And when the prices of things went skyward, why couldn't afford it anymore? And uh, both people had to go to work. I was raised on one income and it was median. So uh, I just think that that's sort of a, an add-on benefit of all this government help. Okay. Okay, thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. We still have time for one more, one or two more callers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. That's our toll free line. Email us at on the mark at wkok.com. Going back to Carol's letter, I think that she makes the point you made that there are other options available rather than defaulting on your student loan. But you know, and Chris did give three examples. In fairness to him, he did give three examples in response to my question. But each one of those was a specific problem area that should be addressed. But the overwhelming majority of the people don't pay back their student loans or people just choose not to pay back their student loans. They weren't swindled by a university. I was expecting to hear him talk about Trump University as being a good example of somebody that was uh, taking money from kids. But there were all sorts of trade schools that took money from kids, too. I remember years ago, there was a place that taught broadcasting. I would get these resumes from people saying, I went to this academy and they taught me record cueing and micro phone technique and I you know I've always said to the people who went to those you can't teach talent if you want to be a disc jockey you got to be talented <laughs> and I just wanted to respond to something that Lance just said where he talked about the high cost of things has led to the dissolution of the nuclear family uh, Lance there are a lot of women out there a lot of young women who want to work and not just because of the paycheck it brings in, but they've got uh, abilities and talents and they want to use them. Not every woman wants to simply spend her life barefoot pregnant and making uh, dinner for her family. Okay, but that you're implying that that's, that's the only choice they have other than the... <laughs> than defaulting on their loans. Well, no, you know, Lance is saying because everything, had, the price of everything has gone up that uh, now you got to have both people working. There is some truth to that. I'm not going to say there isn't, but there's also, a, you know, my daughter went to a college. Uh, was it a Judy who called in and said her daughter has got a job in the State Department? Right, from the Peace Corps. Okay, court, right. so there's, there are two women right there. Her daughter, my daughter, went to college. They're working. Do you think either my daughter or Judy's daughter would be content just being a stay-at-home mom? No, but they're not asking society to pay for their choices. Well, that's a whole different issue. That's oh, a whole that is the issue that we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, but it's not the issue that, that Lance brought up. I'm talking about the dissolution of the nuclear well, family. Well, he talked about the fact that his family lived on one income. 
and yeah. that that's been the stand that had been the standard. Admittedly, that's oh, Eisenhower right. administration back in the day, the fifties, yeah. where the little wife stayed at home and did the cooking and cleaning, and that was about it. They really didn't have any opinions. Or if women wanted to work, they could be secretaries or they could be teachers. Or nurses. You forgot or nurses. nurses. Very good. Thank <laughs> you, you Joe. Nurses. Now, today, there are many more career opportunities available for women, and that's as it should be. And there are many more career opportunities for people of color than there were before. Let's face it. We have come a long way, baby, but we got perhaps some way to go. Steve Kushaloff will be back with me tomorrow as Mark Lawrence enjoys another unearned, undeserved day off, but he's taking it anyway. I'm Joe McGranahan. Thanks so much for being with us. And on the mark, this is WKOK. Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Dan Patrick is next.